Hello, and welcome back to Everything But Nothing. I am your wonderful host, Mike. And I'm your even more wonderfulest host, Dory. And today, we are talking about in-laws. Dun, dun, dun. There's the good, and there's the bad. I am lucky enough to have the good. I like my in-laws. They're good, good in-laws to have. They're very caring, loving, nice, usually, people. And I like my in-laws. They're great. Oh, How about yeah. you, Dory? <laughs> my in-laws or my parents? Your in-laws. Well, I wasn't so lucky. I have, I mean, well, they're just in-laws. They're not the worst, but they're not the best either. Um, we've had some issues with them, mm-hmm. especially because of my color, of how we got together, just everything kind of compounded into not a very great lasting relationship. I mean, we're okay, we get along now, but it's always tense. How we got together was a big issue and always kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. And that makes sense. I mean, I can understand being upset about it, but... Yeah, 20 years ago. Yes, but after a point, yeah, I mean, there's no point in holding a grudge. Mm -hmm. And all it does is just make you angry and sad and miserable human being because, well, you're holding a grudge for too long. My in-laws, your parents, brought me right in and accepted me and... You have another pair of in-laws? And, and I was family. Shut up. I was family <laughs> right off the bat. I'm just another son of theirs. You're like that's, their favorite son. That's quite nice. No offense to my brothers, of course, but you're like their favorite. I think I'm your brother's favorite, too. Well, you're the only other guy in the family, other than, you know, of course, our nephews and our sons, but... And, yeah, and your father, and so Dad on doesn't and so count. Forth. Dad is the family, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but outside of the family marrying in, you are the only other son. Yeah. You're the only son marrying in. The only other son. Yeah. Only one son. Mm-hmm. That is true. Other than, you know, my sister's, um, well, she's a widow now, so there was him, but, or she, no, she's a widow. She's not a yeah. widower. <laughs> widower? Then what? Never mind. <laughs> Isn't the widower the one who dies? No, the widow is a female whose husband has died, and a widower is a male whose uh, wife has died. Well, there's your education for the day. We're <laughs> done here. <laughs> we gave you all that you've come here for. All right, so I've told you I love your parents. How yes. did you feel about your parents growing up? Uh, they. Did you love your parents? Well, of course I love my parents. My parents... Did you love growing up with your parents? That's a better question. Does anybody love growing up with their parents? I think everybody has a moment hmm. in time, especially during their teenage years when they've pushed their parents and they got grounded or in trouble for something and, you know, they are angry that their parents had the audacity to, you know, correct them on something. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents sheltered me. My dad wasn't home home much, so it was all left up to my mom. And he was, you know, he was working, right? Yeah, he was always working. Yeah. Um, and it's not that 
they didn't try their best, but my mom lost her mom when she was 13. And even though she had her dad up until she was 28, or no, 32, excuse me. That's still uh, really young. That's Yeah, it's still very young. Her dad shipped her off to her aunts a lot. So she didn't really have parental guidance and, you know, to figure out how to really raise us kids. So uh, to say that she was perfect would be a misnomer, but, you know, she did the best she could. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. No. And, you know, my dad had his demons with his parents. His dad ran off. His stepfather was around, good guy, but his mom wasn't exactly the best. And so he tried his best. Mm -hmm. Can I say that they overreacted on some things? Oh, yeah. Even thinking back. I think a lot of parents overreact uh, just because it's kind of an instinct to protect your children. Yes. I'm sure we've overreacted in our kids' minds. Yes, but there's a difference between overreacting in your kids' minds and actually overreacting. (laughs) (laughs) But this was in your kid mind, remember. Yes. I'm not saying she didn't overreact, but my point is I think a lot of people think their parents overreact when they're kids because you're a kid that you wanted to do something or didn't quite see how bad what you were doing really was. And I agree. For the most part, a lot of the things that I did that I got in trouble for, um, it at the time seemed like it was an overreaction. And thinking back, it's like, wow, I really was stupid. How did I, why did I even try to do that? Some of the things you've told me, I'm not surprised you got in trouble for it. Yeah. Um, you deserved it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are just some things I don't dispute getting in trouble for, but the reaction was a bit harsh. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do things out of anger that you shouldn't. Yeah. And I'm not justifying what your mom did and. Yes, she shouldn't have done certain things, but I've done things I shouldn't have done, too, when Josh was driving me crazy as a young kid. Yeah, but I think in her case, she was scared because her experiences told her one thing. Right. And like I said, without her mom and her father there to guide her, you know, letting her just kind of float between aunts and uncles who did their best, but didn't never really truly treated her as if she was their kid. Mm-hmm. Kind of made, you know, put a damper on how she was able to handle us, being so yeah. far removed from any idea of, well, this is how parents act. And she just knew she didn't want to act like her Aunt Gertrude. Ugh. Having lived with your parents for quite some time in the beginning of our relationship, I can certainly see where your mother was a bit... Overboard? Overboard, yeah, that's a good word. She's calmed down a lot in the last few years, but I can certainly see where that would have been an issue. Because she doesn't have the energy. (laughs) And all of... We're all moved out and old. And she doesn't have the energy. That's the big thing. She just doesn't have the energy anymore. She's old. Yes. That's that's what saves us now. I love my mom, but she's extremely, like, imagine an ethnic Italian mother or an ethnic Jewish mother or, well, any ethnic mother, and that's my mom. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned getting in trouble a lot Mm -hmm. for things you did and over-exaggerated trouble and... 
I know some of the things you did was different than some of the things I did, but... I was sheltered, though. I was allowed to go out a lot. I was And I was allowed to do a lot, and I didn't get in a lot of trouble. When I did, I got the typical, you're grounded, why would you do that type of punishment? But uh, it wasn't quite like your mother. But I did quite a few things that I'm pretty sure my parents never knew about that were really stupid. If you had been my mother's son, let's just say you wouldn't be alive today. (laughs) My mom would have taken you back out of this world (laughs) for the stupid shit that you have done. (laughs) Should I tell them the White Castle story? Yes, yes, yes. So I believe I was in high school. I don't know what year. And my friend and I, I had been friends since like kindergarten, would go out driving around or whatever. And that night we went to White Castles. This was pretty late at night in Cincinnati, Ohio, kind of in the city limits. And across the street from the White Castle we went to, there was an apartment that had all these like neon lights and strobe lights and just really cool stuff black lights looked really cool through the window and somehow i don't know how we came across the person that lived there this this guy he was i don't know if he was at white castle or what happened but we came across him started talking to him and he said hey why don't you come on up and take a look so we did me and my friend two probably 14 15 year old kids went in a complete stranger's apartment that was all like decked out like a hippie house and more like a drug den probably was (laughs) we went up there we survived and came back but yeah my mom would killed you for that my parents would have too if they knew about it but they never found out they didn't know where we were and there were lots of things like that that we got away with all the time yeah and if i had done any of that i can safely say that just like any other ethnic mother, I would have been guilted to death. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I was allowed to go out some growing up, but it seemed to dwindle the older I got. Like, I was able to do more in sixth grade than I was by the, by the time I hit 12th grade. And part of it, I guess, is because of the stupid stuff I did growing up. And part of it was just I was too much like my parents and they remembered what they did, mm-hmm. and they were terrified I was going to do it. So <laughs> they stopped the, me. The one thing I do remember getting in a lot of trouble for was when they caught me smoking. That was the late, later years of high school, between the ages of 16 and 18. That was a big one that I got in a lot of trouble for. Yeah, you did get in a lot of trouble. I remember you telling me about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were actually talking, so you were closer to like, 1718 at that point. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know I had sex back in high school. I don't um, see they, how they couldn't have known. Um, I mean, you guys were allowed to be alone with a girl in the basement mm-hmm. of your house mm-hmm. with no supervision. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Because we were guys. That was the girl's parents' problem. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we were the guys. We were allowed to do what we wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The go get them crap from mm-hmm. our generation. So shall we talk more about my parents then? Yes, Have let's mention that. Have you gone into detail on your mom? Yes. And, well, 
that's my mom. But my, like I said, my dad wasn't home much. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's the difference. My dad worked many, many hours to make sure, you know, he could provide for us kids. You know, at first there's this the two of us, and then eventually it was my younger brothers. And because of my dad switching jobs a lot, we moved around a lot, and it was just us. And we were a very close-knit family. And even though my dad wasn't home all the time because of work, he still remembered things that I did as a kid. And this is important to note because whenever we ask Mike's parents, so, you know, did he do blah, blah, blah as a kid, his parents cannot remember a thing. The entire decade of the 80s, according to them, was a blur. In the early 90s. All of the 90s, it seems. They don't remember anything about you. It's probably like that trauma response because I was such a horrible kid. I just had to forget about it. <laughs> I can understand in the first like few years. Because and I really was a bad child when I was like a baby. Yeah. Couldn't put me down. My mom had to hold me. No one else could handle me. I but was, it turns I was out, a wreck. But it turns out it was because you had ear problems. Yes. And had they actually just gone to the doctor and gotten you checked out, they may have, you know, saved some hair. <laughs> And then I ran away when I was 18 to be with some black woman. I mean, geez, I'm such, I'm a terrible kid. Uh, No, they called me a fat black bitch. Yes, they did. On the golf course. Yes, they did. Now, how was it growing up? At the time, I thought it was just all peachy keen and normal. I mean, I had what everyone considers the American dream life. There's me and my brother, two parents, never divorced or anything. Went to Catholic school, went to church every Sunday, lived on a cul-de-sac, two-story house, upper middle class. It was a perfect life. Had a friend that lived down the street, played with him after school, did homework in the evening for a couple hours, got yelled at and called stupid for not knowing math by my dad, and repeat. Then on the weekends, went out and had freedoms throughout the weekend and had bedtimes most of my life that I can remember living there. And I thought it was all completely normal. I did not have bedtime. Thinking back. Kindergarten. And based on things you have pointed out, I don't think it was quite so normal. I mean, and everybody's got a, you know, a differing childhood that some are worse, some are better because no matter what there's always going to be somebody who has it worse and somebody who has it better Mm -hmm. just like there's always going to be somebody smarter and somebody dumber Mm -hmm. um but your upbringing although it was quote-unquote ideal because of you know having the 2.2 kids and the picket fence and the whole family living near each other and I had all four grandparents my entire childhood. Yeah, mine were dead by the time I was three. But that whole ideal, perfect life is not as great as it sounds. And why was that? <laughs> Do How does that make you feel? <laughs> Do tell. Um, 
My father was quite condescending. Understatement. Made me feel stupid. Um, My mother wasn't quite as bad, but as a co-parent, she kind of fell into the trap. They always wanted me to become them. They wanted that. what was that? Perfect life of go to high school, graduate, go straight off to college for four years, get the degree, start working in college, continue that job after college, and pretty much continue that job until you retire like my dad did, and have money, have investments, and be wealthy, and... Have two children. Have two children or less. A boy and a girl at the most. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, keep your status up. Yeah, you know. That's what it was about. It was putting on airs about, you know, making sure to look right for everyone else looking in. It had to be the perfect look of, look, I've got kids, and that means I'm stable, and look, I've got the perfect house, and all the perfect cars and I'm keeping up with the Joneses so Mm -hmm. we look perfectly wealthy and all that stuff but don't look behind the closed doors Uh, and on that note I was bullied a lot in school as a kid a whole lot strangled in the bathroom chased off at the parks chased off the courts at the park I had garbage thrown at me on the street and a whole lot of others chased in the car Yes, that was more fun than bullied, but that's a different (laughs) story. That was one of our outing nights out that parents shouldn't know about. But I was bullied very badly, and I had mentioned this a couple times to my parents, and their reaction was to just laugh with them. If they don't think it bothers you, they'll stop. Don't tell your kids that, and don't believe that if you're a kid, because that doesn't work. It never works. But... It never has worked. My parents, my family, I don't ever recall them standing up for me or backing me up. I don't recall them talking to the school or anyone else to help take care of it. They couldn't even stand up to your grandmother. They couldn't Mm -hmm. stand up to each other. How would they possibly, you know, have your back? The only thing I recall that they did that is having my back is my mom got me a therapist when I talked to her and explained to her about how depressed I was feeling when I was, like, what, 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah. And what was her reaction? Do you remember? Legitimate concern, and she'll get me help. And she cried, too, and asked why. Why was it that way? I don't remember that conversation very much. I mean, I believe you. I don't remember much of the conversation. I'm just going on what you said. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that's true. She kind of, I mean, she got you help, which is good. Mm-hmm. But she still kind of turned it around on her. You know, how could you, as her child, need help? You know, it, how long did it take before you found out that you had a learning disability? I never did. Exactly. My point exactly. I mean, the only disability I ever had was I had a stutter when I was younger. Yes. Uh, my parents got me help for and obviously got rid of. But you still had issues with comprehension that they didn't get you help for. They, they knew that, though. 
They did help me with that. They didn't get me official help, but they did help me with that. Did they? Yeah. Are you sure? They tried. <laughs> they did what they could. Well, they should have gotten a therapist type of thing. Yes, I have a lot of comprehension problems still, but they did work with me. They did read with me a lot and try to help me a lot. Well, reading, yeah, reading is fundamental. And, you know, if you're hooked on phonics, great. But just reading to your kid isn't what's going to help them get over... That was so condescending. (laughs) (laughs) Learning disabilities. Okay, Dad. I never said I wasn't condescending at times. I just, we were talking about our parents and such. They tried to help me, but no, they did not get me official help. I don't know what they did as far as schooling is concerned. I was always in the remedial um, the remedial classes all the way up through high school. And part of that was my grades, which occurred because I didn't care. I didn't want to try. I slept a lot in high school classes. So did I, but I got A's. Um, and part of that was I'm not as smart as people like you. Yes, you are. I'm not that kind of smart. Yes, you are. I'm not book smart like that. You are book but smart. You just didn't want up, to read a book. Even like math class was awful. My dad graduated as an engineer and love loves math. So all through my schooling years, I had to be good at math. And math homework had to be perfect, so he always worked with me. And then talk about feeling stupid. He really pushed that into you sometimes. Especially because your older brother was a straight-A student. There were lots of times I was crying through about four hours of a one-page math worksheet. It got pretty bad. And it's not to say that I was, like, you know, perfect. Uh, Freshman year, I didn't do so hot. And for a lot of reasons. Transition to high school, I did something stupid. That would be freshman year. Uh, Freshman year? Freshman year. Okay, freshman year. Freshman year is not high school? It is high school. Yeah. I said the transition into high school. Until you said freshman year and then you transitioned into high school. No. Okay. See, if you listen, you might understand. (laughs) Roll your eyes once again. Stay on topic. Anyway. Speak. My problems with growing up with my parents, it it was a lot of, like I said, it was over-sheltering. My parents, of course, expected me to get good grades, and I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It never felt like it was enough, though. Like, it, it, even though I got the grades, I was always, I always felt like it was more important for my sister and then, at some point, my younger brother than it was for me, kind of thing. Like, I was just they stuck need, in the middle. They needed more than you. Yes, they did. And I get that, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it doesn't feel great growing up, kind of being, feeling like you're kind of the last man on the totem pole, Mm -hmm. so to speak, or, you know, the Mm -hmm. redheaded stepchild. Or the one that moves away, so you're not as good as the one that stayed nearby. Yeah, and even though we went and moved back, we still weren't as good as the one that stayed Mm -hmm. close. 
Because we weren't there enough, I guess. And no, I don't think it was that. I think I just, we will never be good enough because we, have, we, we didn't have, do it the right way. And we have too many kids. Three. Ooh. Well, How not even awful. that. When we had Noah, they refused to watch her as a baby. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be bothered with her. But Cohen. Yeah. You know, they got, they, and this isn't against Cohen. He's a kid. This has nothing to do with him. But he gets to spend time with your parents mm-hmm. in the way that our kids were never asked to enjoy. They did it with my parents. My parents would take them over the summers um, when we lived in Ohio and things like that. Which was wonderful, by the way. Yes, it was. Because they were young back then, so it was a good long break from them. Yeah, and as parents, you kind of need that break from your kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents didn't get that break from us. Although we tried (laughs) to get a break from my parents, but they always said, no, you'll wear out your welcome. So we came back. Based on how much my parents don't remember, I think they did take a break from us for our entire childhood. Once you were born, that was it. They... Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I got away with a lot of shit. Yes, you did. But even though you got away with a lot of shit, and I did a lot of shit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't touch drugs. I didn't even know what the hell many of them look like. I don't even know what a joint looks like today. I didn't touch drugs. I'm in my 40s. I was around drugs. I was offered LSD in high school, I think. But I didn't touch drugs. Yeah, but at least you've seen them. (laughs) I have not seen them, other than in movies and TV shows. So... Even after high school, I've been around people that smoked pot. And yet, once again, I have not. Even after high school. Mm -hmm. And my mom kind of held on tightly to me up until I married you, basically. Even past that. Yeah. When we lived there, you still asked permission to go places. Oh. Even when you were like 25, 30. Well, no, once I was 30, we were living in Ohio. And then we moved back and you were still asking permission. (laughs) Well, part of it is, you know... We needed them to watch the kids. So I was asking permission if they could watch the kids when we came back. In the first part, I felt like we had to ask permission. Mm -hmm. Like I was still their kid type of thing, even though we were both adults. So that's kind of why it was so different. Um, So... Is there anything else that you can recall of your childhood? Growing up with your parents? You know, other than... Or even your aunts and uncles. Did they ever swoop in to help? No. They were always around lots of family functions, but they didn't help. They just cared about their own kids, doing their thing with their own kids. Um, My uncles aren't the most, what's a good word for it? Um, Hmm. It's kind of hard to say because... They can be nice, but once you get to know them, you realize they're kind of assholes. Yeah, because at first, when you first meet them, 
and are around them. It seems like they're great guys. And when I first met your family, um, your uncle, your oldest uncle, was really nice. And, you know, he welcomed me along with your grandfather. But uh, your dad's youngest brother, he was here nor there. <laughs> I mean, he was there, but it my, wasn't really anything. My grandfather was probably the best out of all of them. Which I still died. don't understand. Because the stories of your grandmother, mm-hmm. holy crap. <laughs> I don't know how he survived either. Unless the only thing that I could figure is, is that he wasn't that far off either. And he just put up a good facade. Yeah. Um, kind of like your uncles put up a really good facade. And then you actually start peeling back the onion layers. And you're just like, wow. I misjudged mm-hmm. you. I thought you were way better. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's kind of sad because I never felt like I was a part of your family. I still don't feel like I'm a part of your family. I feel like... There are a lot of times I don't feel like I am either. <laughs> they at least, like, it's not like they come out of, they go out of their way to be rude and mean. It's just, I'm the exception to the rule type of thing, and which is still racist and still wrong. They're ignorant. They don't know better. Their mother was very racist and probably sheltered them from being around or having knowledge of the races. So they don't understand what you are and what, the, even what our daughter is being gay. But the thing is, is that they're, they've been old enough for a long time to be able to make their own decisions mm-hmm. and to and figure it out and learn decision. it. And so well, they, they made are, that decision. Yeah, they're making the conscious mm-hmm. decision to be a hypocritical bigot, racist bigot. They are making that conscious decision instead of actually trying to open their horizons, so to speak. Yeah, their mom taught them to be that way, but they could have changed. Everybody has that capacity. But when you're as old as you are, as they are now, and they still don't want to learn, it's not, the excuse of ignorance isn't enough to excuse, you know, what they've done, what they do, mm-hmm. um, how they disparage gays and women, and how they just don't seem to like anything, anyone. <laughs> it's mostly dad, not both. I was talking about your dad and his My brothers. Uncles, yeah. And My mom's not so bad. No, but she puts up with it. Yeah. So again, she can't be that far from the apple. <laughs> if your dad's the apple and she's not correcting him left and right type of thing, then either she's she condones it or she agrees and just wants to make it seem like she doesn't. Yep. To be on your good side. Because people marry people that have similar values and similar thoughts and all that stuff, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a huge thing for our parents' generation. And so it's kind of hard to believe that Aunt Holly, Aunt Lisa, 
and your mom are that far off from what their husbands feel mm. and think. Knowing my mom's dad, I would believe she's not that far off. She may he be, was, a, I mean, not to say she's as bad. He was pretty harsh. So, Although he was one of the nicest ones to me, too. <laughs> on another note, um, we had a question for the audience. Yeah, so tell us, how did you cope, how do you cope um, with your in-laws or your parents? You know, have you found that you do so something similar to them? Are you the monster-in-law? <laughs> are, are you dealing with the monster-in-law? What kind of advice would you give other people dealing in those situations? Because it's not always, you know party hearty and let's go have a great time you said something in there that made me think of something so we all tend to well of course we all learn from our parents so we tend to kind of go in the direction of them because that's what we were taught i know you've i said taught weird i like had a british accent for a moment there you were taught (laughs) So I've noticed you have some tendencies similar to what your mother have done. Yeah. And I know I do some things similar to what my father did. Exactly. Uh, what's the question I'm looking for here? I don't know. I can't read minds. I guess, I've been trying. I guess how do you get past that? I, th- I think it's a conscious effort. You have you to deal? really consciously try hard not to be like them. Not to mm-hmm. do what they did, you know, a conscious effort of making sure that you read books, articles, things like that, that kind of give you an insight of other people's um, lives and how they deal with things. And, you know, making sure that, well, this situation is similar. Well, how did my parents do? I don't really want to do that. And... Even if you slip up, you go back and just try and fix it. It's kind of like that progressive commercial where you're becoming your parent. Yeah, except we don't wear socks with sandals. Not that my family ever did that. My dad would, but he's not a sandals person. (laughs) Yeah, your dad would wear socks with sandals. He does kind of remind me of the, the father you don't want to be that's in that commercial. For so many reasons. Mm hmm. And it's not to say that our parents don't love us. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. We would, wouldn't have had parents if they didn't love us. And not I everything. Mean, we wouldn't have had the parents we have <laughs> if they didn't. I mean, uh, we would have had parents, period, if we were born. And not everything was bad. There were good parts in our childhoods. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm very close to my family, even though there are times when uh, I look back and I'm like, what the hell were my parents thinking you know, or why didn't they allow me to do this or type yeah. of thing? But um, I'm fairly close to my mom. Well, both my parents, more so my mom now. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to her on the phone for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So as far as our question is concerned, you can write to us on social media. Oh, I have another question. Wait, real quick. So, real quick, hold on. Okay. Before you ask. Okay. You can find us on... Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, just do a search. 
I couldn't tell you what all of our little handles are on all of them. But do a search. You don't have them memorized. You can find us. So reach out to us there. We'd love to hear from you. What's your question? So when you have a toxic growing up with family members, your your parents or your in-laws, what do you do? Do you cut them out? Try to find a way to be better? with them, you know, have a better relationship type of thing. And what if they don't want to? What if they don't want to get better? And it's still like it was, but yet... And the family that doesn't want to get better, um, say it's the husband's family, he doesn't want to cut them off or deal with it either. Yeah, so how do you deal with that? Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of a near and dear situation for us. Yes, because, you know, there are times when I've had to stand up to them, you know, and correct them, so to speak, because of saying things that were hurtful to our kids Mm -hmm. about, you know, our kids' heritage and things like that. And... I don't want our kids growing up thinking that we don't have their backs, right. even from family. Because sometimes, as awful as it is, you have to protect your kids from your family mm-hmm. so that they can grow up happy and know that somebody cares about them. And, you know, that's kind of what my parents had to do, was they kept us from their siblings and such. And they probably would have kept us from their parents quite a bit because they wanted to protect us. Makes sense. From what their parents were like. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that they all dropped dead. So (laughs) they didn't have much to worry about past a certain point. They protected you. Yeah, but they didn't make them die. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like my parents killed their parents. Um, So when they're still alive, though, and it still is kind of in, not always, but in certain situations, a toxic situation... Like I mentioned, you know, them staying away from our kids unless they come and visit you. Mm -hmm. They don't invite our kids to do anything, ever. But yet, they do others um, kind of thing. How do you reconcile that? How do you not get angry and want to... I would guess a big answer would be cut them off. But it's family. Fuck them. Cut them off. Uh, that's what I've heard in other podcasts. That's what I've heard people say. If they're toxic, just cut them off. But yes. unfortunately, I don't have the ability to do that. And and I'm not saying that you have to. Mm-hmm. I know. But I think maybe you need to, I don't know, learn to set ground rules. Yeah. Grow a backbone and fight with them because... I'm your family. Yep, and you've got my back. Mm-hmm. And I've got your back. Mm-hmm. And if I can't trust that you have my back, even against your family, then what's the point? Yep. Not saying I'm leaving you. I'm too attached. You are. Yeah, we're Siamese twins now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that about wraps it up. Meow, meow. We've bashed our families enough, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
and hopefully we'll still have families. Uh. <laughs> it may just be us soon. <laughs> just don't tell them we made this episode. Yes. Um, Our siblings are okay, though, but that's another story. Yes. As usual, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, find us on social media. And on social media. Talk to us. Give us a high five emoji. <laughs> and, you know, tell us how you cope with things. How do you feel? You know, answer our questions from our previous podcasts. From this podcast, interact with us. You know, we would love to hear from you. And I've mentioned it before. Up until now, we've been doing everything on my phone, recording everything. Pretty soon we will be getting new equipment, we'll be getting extra microphones, and probably increasing the um, quality and the fonciness of, Fancy. This, of this here podcast. Of so, this here podcast. Yes. So <laughs> you'll have to stick around to hear all that fun stuff. Yes, we're going to go from American to British. And I wanted to mention this. The reason we chose this topic it's because when you listen to this on Friday afternoon, probably evening actually, my and parents you're enjoying your meal. will actually be here visiting dun, dun, dun. from Cincinnati Woo! and will be enjoying or not enjoying, depending on who's talking, time <laughs> with them. Yeah, but and in a way. It's exciting and not at the same time. Do you really enjoy it when you know that they've insulted your family multiple times even recently is it really enjoyable we'll leave that question open for your <laughs> imagination thank you for all of your support and your listening and yes, i thank hope you. i hope you join us next week yes until then morris out